Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff? Join us as we remember the great rock and roll hits from a month between 1965 and 1995. We're going to riff on all things about the bands, the members, and the goings-on during that time. We hope to inspire you to find and download the songs you hear today, whether you're fans who forgot about some of these tracks or maybe never even heard them before. Check out our blog at whattheriff.com or follow us on Facebook at What the Riff. Here's a shout-out to our sponsors, Right Column Financial, offering CFO and bookkeeping services for small business, Stanton Electric, a commercial electrical specialist, and Marbury Creative Group, a brand development agency that helps companies tell it better. So let's turn up the volume and enjoy this episode of What the Riff? The governor of Ohio declares a state of emergency in Cleveland due to race riots. Three days of race riots and looting bring out the National Guard in Chicago. And U.S. airplanes bomb the demilitarized zone in Vietnam. This is July 1966, and you're listening to What the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. And Brian brings uh, back our Rolling Stone tribute. What you got, Brian? Yeah, this is uh, the album Aftermath. And this is a studio album by the Stones that was released in the United Kingdom on 15 April of the 66, but in the U.S. in July of 66. That's why we're featuring them here in July of 66. This is an American edition of the album. The British edition was much longer. It had different tracks on it. But since the, um, the standard by the record companies was to compress the music and keep it down to three minutes and yeah. stuff, they had to basically revise and release an American version of this. All, both albums, or both versions, were recorded in the U.S., hmm. in uh, L.A., at RCA Studios. Now, is this, this is pretty early in the Stones' history, isn't it? Yes, it is. Is this, uh, is this, like, second or third? This is their third, and this is the first album that all music mm-hmm. was written and composed and sung by the Stones. Oh, okay, so it's not, doesn't have covers. No covers. Now, the, what people don't realize is the first couple albums were nothing but covers. Right. They were known as a blues band, and that's where they got the name Rolling Stones, as we talked about before, yeah. from Muddy Waters. Oh, okay. So, Yep, and this album is considered an artistic breakthrough for the Rolling Stones. It was their first to consist of anything as far as a variety of instruments, like uh, the, the sitar. You can hear some sitar in, yeah. their, in their music. You can hear a an Appalachian dulcimer. Yeah. You can hear a marumba, marumbas and some Japanese koto. Now, this song fits in with what the topics we were talking about, race riots and bombing in Vietnam. I mean, Paint It Black. What, what's, what's the description of but Paint But basically, it Black? this song was written, according to Song Facts, this song was written from a person who is depressed. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. And he wants everything to turn black to match his mood. There's no specific inspiration for the lyrics, but when asked at the time why he wrote the song about death, Mick Jagger replied, I don't know. It's been done before. It's not an original thought by any means. It all depends on how you do it. <laughs> What's funny is uh, when, I, when, when I was in the dorm at Auburn, there was a guy next door that just hated his roommate. And you were allowed to paint your dorm, so he actually painted half his half the dorm room black. black. Oh. <laughs> I went through a phase of painting everything black, and I would have this, you know, get a, a bike. I had a bike. I painted it black. I, you know, painted 
wall in my room. I'll but this song is the theme song of the of sixties. I love know. this. Is probably one of my favorite Stones songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was widely acclaimed. It was a, a huge success for them, and, and this is one of the uh, most successful releases from the album. We'll listen to another one here, just uh, another single here. But this one's one you don't really hear a lot from. This song's called "Stupid Girl." Flattering, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And the Stones received a lot of criticism for some of the song titles and some of the lyrics that that were kind of degrading to women. The Stones? (laughs) Can you imagine that? The Stones degrading to women? Yeah, now that Paris. A little background on this song, according to Song Facts, is Mick Jagger was going out with a model named Chrissy Shrimpton at the time, and she helped inspire the song. And the unusual percussion is Brian Jones playing the marambas. The various instruments he played resulted in many innovative sounds that the Stones produced for this album. You remember uh, Garbage, the band Garbage did a uh, uh, song called Stupid Girl. Do you remember that? I think so. That was a, it was an alt, alt-rock kind of 90s thing, wasn't it? It wasn't a cover. Now, of course, as I mentioned, some feminist groups opposed this because of the lyrics about dominating a woman. Well, they, they were the bad boys of rock and roll. Stupid girl. I had a couple of girls in high school. I called, I referred to, nicknamed one of them my favorite little stupid, and the other one was my favorite big stupid. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that to their face. I'm just going to I'm staying out of this conversation. <laughs> no. Sorry, guys. You, no. know, you guys I, are married. I, I'm not. I actually <laughs> married the, my favorite big stupid. There you go. <laughs> but I had a favorite Does little stupid. Does she still stupid. know that she was called that? Yeah. Okay. I just haven't called her recently. Well, top songs of uh, July 1966, The Beatles' Paperback Writer. Frank Sinatra had Strangers in the Night. Now, that was a top song in 66. Yeah. I would have made that my staff pick. I just couldn't figure out how to work it into a rock, uh, <laughs> a rock genre. Tommy Jane's and the Shondells had "Hanky Panky." Hanky Panky—that's a word you don't hear a lot about. Dusty Springfield. Now that's someone we ought to cover because I mean she We've was covered she, it. Staff we, picks. With staff picks, mm-hmm. but maybe an album. But you didn't have to say you love me. But she was very big in, in rock and roll at the time. And one of my favorite songs of. Uh, July of 1966, The Trogs. Wild Thing. Oh, yeah. I Think I Love You. I think we covered that as a cover from other other groups, uh, I think, in the 80s. I forget which one we did. I think I did that, actually. Yeah. This next song is another one that you really didn't hear a lot from. Yeah, it's called Lady Jane. Now... This song might be about, according to Song Facts, might be about Jane Seymour. Remember her historically? Who was she? She was a Bond girl. No, not the Oh, actress. no, not that. No, oh, I'm historically, sorry. Historically. I'm sorry. I'm still going back oh, to Oh, Lady my... Jane Seymour. Lady okay. Henry VIII, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. She was the third wife of King Henry VIII, but was she executed? Lady Jane. I think she survived. She did. And she died when at childbirth. Okay. Giving, to, give, you know, giving birth. She, she died... But that's, this could be about what Jaguar would never say. Mm-hmm. He said it was either, or it would be one of the, you know, it could have been about uh, 
Jane Ornsby Gore, who was a British woman that Mick Jagger was involved with at the time. Mm. Mother like of Al Gore. Thing. Very little fat known fact, mother of Al Gore. Okay, good. The creator, the creator of the internet. Or, or maybe not. I definitely think the harpsichord makes you think about royalty yes. somehow. Yes. And so mm-hmm. that's appropriate. Yeah. But I'm not a big fan of the songs that they sing this way. It's just a little too, yeah. I don't know. Well, another possibility, though, guys, is that this song is, is basically a song about drugs. Imagine that. Oh. And Lady Jane is a, a code word for amphetamines. But they just mentioned Lady Anne. And if you're sticking with the Henry VIII theme, then you can go to Anne Boleyn. Yeah, yeah. Lady Jane, but more like Mary Jane. I, I don't. I'm not sure I'd go along with that. So, right. You know, that, all these possibilities. But, but Brian Jones, who was the Stones guitarist until his death in 1969 in drowning accident, played the dulcimer. So you can hear the. Uh, oh yeah. You can hear that played mm-hmm. very clearly here in this song by Brian. And it was a sad, if you recall back in the day, I don't, but I, obviously I read about it historically, but it was a terrible accident where he was found in a pool and, and drowned. Mm. And, uh, of course, you know, who uh, replaced Brian Jones? Anybody? Who? Ron Wood. Oh, yeah. Ah, okay. Ronnie From Wood. the basis. Yep. Now, speaking of... Uh, uh, Brian Jones uh, in music of July of 1966 Brian Jones per- performed his final concert with the Rolling Stones at that time oh now they you know so basically he was on the outs anyway now there was always a rumor that somebody associated with the Stones drowned him that was sort of a, one of those conspiracy theories yeah. that was out there but I don't think that was it maybe it was Paul McCartney <laughs> really <laughs> No, because by that time Paul McCartney was already dead. Because you know, the song. Another conspiracy theory. John Lennon said, "I buried Paul." The the new one. Speaking of the Beatles, (laughs) do you remember John Lennon having a comment about uh, they were bigger than bigger than Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in July of '66, Alabamians burnt the Beatles' products in Mm -hmm. a big giant bonfire. Wow. Hmm. Now this is another one you're going to recognize. This is their biggest hit off of the album. Yeah, this, is good. this, is, this good. is the one that if you want to criticize them for um, being, uh, you know, kind of male chauvinist, this is the song for you. The bit feminists really didn't like that long yeah. that line that they, the way she talks when she's spoken too down to me. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things come out of this. The uh, This is the song, if you recall, that was being played when the uh, Hell's Angels stabbed a young man, excuse me, Alan Passero. At Altamont. At Altamont. And if you, if you ever saw the video, it's, it's, it looks like it's complete chaos up at the front of the stage. Right. I mean, Hell's Angels thought they were doing a service by protecting the stage, but they just... Oh, no, they just... They, if you... There are documentaries of that, yeah. and of course the rumor was they were playing, you know, sympathy for the devil during that. But that wasn't yeah. it. But like you said, it was under my thumb. But yeah, the Rolling Stones—they were trying to duplicate Woodstock, mm-hmm. and they came in and the, 
the Hell's Angels just basically took over. Yeah. And they they rode motorcycles through the crowd. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. They they were they had guns, everything else, and they and this guy had a gun to protect himself. And I guess somebody was bullying him, and then he pulled the gun out. And next thing you know, Hell's Angels jumped on him and killed him. Well, wow. if you recall, though, the Hell's Angels they were hired to pr- provide security, which yeah. was a huge mistake for in, beer. In and retrospect, drugs. not not the greatest decision no. to hire the Hell's Angels for security. And if you watch the video, there, you can go out on YouTube or and, and see it. Jagger sees something's going on, you know, to his left. He's looking out to his left, and he sees this chaos going on over there and he keeps telling come on come on guys let's 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 get into the groove let's you know let's settle down basically he's just trying his best to control what he can't control right and he didn't know that the that uh, the guy was killed until he saw the police showed him the you know what happened mm-hmm. and it just jagger was just stunned he just couldn't believe that would happen at a concert that was supposed to be peace and love he just saw a guy get killed right off to the stage left. But this is, I love the, the beat to this. And it's yeah. This is a great 60s song. I do yeah. like this. I like this and Paint It Black a lot better than Stupid Girl and Lady Jane. I'm glad to hear those. Well, this is the beginning of their songwriting. I mean, Jagger and, and Richard's career starts. You know, you get satisfaction coming up. You got all these songs, and then they explode. I mean, there's... And the ones that have staying power, you know, there's a reason that Paint It Black and, and Under My Thumb are still played today, and Stupid Girl and Lady Jane, maybe not as much, yeah. but it's just interesting to see the progression. Yeah. And actually, you know what, Wayne? The Who recorded this in 1967. Really? As a tribute to Jagger and Richards when they were held in uh, London, or held in England, I should say, on drug charges. <laughs> Those charges, of course, were later dropped and things like that, but that was their tribute. Uh, to Jagger and nice Jagger. album pick, yeah, yeah, good pick. Yep, from sixty July of sixty six. We're gonna move on to our uh, entertainment pick and entertainment at that time in Japan. There was a TV show that came out then, and it actually ended up coming na- international. You guys remember this? Ultraman. Ultra, Ultraman. Saturday mornings. If you get up at 7 o'clock, mm-hmm. I think it was on uh, Channel 17. Right. English yeah. was dubbed in. For English. The- oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Horribly. A, I'm, a, I'm a rookie. I've never heard of this. Using the beta capsule. I'm oh, trying to remember yeah. the guy's name that becomes Ultraman. Do you remember the, the sequence where they had that, you know, red and blue stuff swirling around? Yeah, yeah. You know? And then it settles into the uh, the, uh, the the word Ultraman, but that thing right there, my mm-hmm. brother and I, I remember being you know little little guys said that looks like <laughs> you're peeing in the toilet and it's making this design. <laughs> I remember my brother going, Robbie, come here, I can it's, do that. It's Ultraman. Look in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> well, this the character would spawn over sixteen television adaptations over the next mm-hmm. forty years. I always thought. Power Rangers were sort of adapted from that yeah, a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, would think that, yeah. Everybody kind of borrowed from that. But also in TV of July of 1976, I'm sorry, 1966, the 700 Club starts with Pat Robertson. I didn't know it was that old. And the Dick Van Dyke Show ends, and it started in 1961. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to move on to staff picks. And who's got the staff picks? 
Oh, that's me. Hey, <laughs> what you got, Wayne? That's Wayne. Well, this is Power Beer and the Ranger, uh, Raiders, and it's Hungry. Um, I already did a song by uh, Mark Lindsay, who's the lead singer of uh, the Raiders. But uh, So I'm not going to duplicate things. I'm, I just want to do that. I'll probably do an album at another time. But I want to focus on the producer of this album. His name is Terry Melcher. Hmm. And uh, he he was part of this uh, group of producers that used the Wrecking Crew. And the Wrecking Crew was, uh, we'll talk about, was used with the Beach Boys. And Terry was a good friend of Beach Boy uh, Brian Wilson. Mm-hmm. Ah. And so Brian Wilson ended up introducing him to Charles Manchin. And so Charles Manson was inter- introduced his music to uh, Melcher, and he was interested in doing a, a thing with them. And then they got in a fight and argument and everything else and decided to drop it. Probably a good thing. But Melcher um, was living at a at a place on CLO Drive with his girlfriend, Candace Bergen, who I didn't know was his girlfriend, yeah. oh. and with Mark Lindsay of Paul Revere and the Ranger, Raiders. So, um, so... After they severed ties with Manson, you know, Manson had actually come over to the house a couple of times. Wow. So they they kind of went, well, whatever. You know, since they, they abandoned the project, they decided to go ahead and move out, and they moved out of that house. And a couple moved into it, Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate. Ooh, Now, does wow. this sound sort of familiar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's widely assumed that Manson wanted to kill... You know, killed Terry Terry Melcher on this, and so that's the reason why he sent his group to go to that house. Wow! And that's where the murders happened. Dang! Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong yeah. time. Yeah. So supposedly, though, uh, Manson did go there and found out that he moved, but I don't think that he says he doesn't think he believed him. So that's the reason why they do it. But you know, even the grand jury thought thought that, and. Melcher, when he heard about the killings, he just disappeared because he knew it was Manson coming after him. Whoa. And so, you know, and even after Manson was convicted, he was hiding out because of the, his, his group. How can you hide out if you're a producer and, yeah. you know, band member? But to bring it all back together, Quentin Tarantino did this movie in 2019 called Once a Time in Hollywood. It was set in 69 featuring the stuff, the Manson murders. And guess what song's on it? This one. This song is on oh. there. So Hungry is on there. Wow. So I just wanted to bring it all together. I know it was a lot there, but, you know, go and read about it. It's it's really interesting. Great. Well, I, I'm, I've got the next um, pick here. And this all is right, Rob, a, what uh, you got? This is a little more of a, a soul song. This was written by Bobby Hebb. It was written in 1963. The name of the song is Sunny. Mm. S-U-N-N-Y. And he wrote this immediately following JFK's assassination. And the day after that, his brother was stabbed to death. So he had a lot of bad stuff going on. He was quoted as saying, All my intentions were to think of happier times and pay tribute to my brother. Basically looking for a brighter day, a sunny day. Mm. Go ahead. uh, This song has been recorded by lots of people. Frank Sinatra, James Brown, Stevie Wonder. Marvin Gaye um, and uh, Wilson Pickett. So it was. Uh, it was also recorded by Cher as a tribute to her partner, Sonny. Sonny. It's it's uh, my my father-in-law's name is Sonny, and so they played this at his retirement party. 
Oh, nice. At, at uh, Georgia Power. And so I, rem- I remember it from there. This uh, was actually rated by Broadcast Music Incorporated, BMI, mm-hmm. as number 25 in the top 100 songs of the century. Hmm. So that's pretty big. I'll tell you, this one takes me back. When I was in uh, just out of high school, just before I went to college, I worked at um, uh, Stouffer's Pine Isle over at Lake Lanier Islands. Mm-hmm. And we would be cleaning up in the gazebo, and the, the bar was right next door. And this was regularly in the in the uh, repertoire for the performers over there. So I almost always hear Sonny oh, whoever was late playing. at night when we're closing up. Yeah. yeah, It's a great song probably to end the night, you know. That's because the sun was starting to come up because you guys were partying all night long. Right? <laughs> Isn't right. that right? It's about to get Sonny. He was uh, raised in Nashville. And, and interestingly enough, he was one of the first black artists to ever appear at the Grand Old Opry. Okay. Grand Old Opry, I guess I should say. But yeah, it's it's just kind of interesting little uh, groove. His his parents were musicians, both of them, and they were both blind. Can you imagine having no. two blind parents and musicians? We've talked about this on another episode with yeah. uh, Stevie Wonder. It's kind of interesting. Makes it easier to sneak out at night, I suppose. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. They probably hear the floorboard squeak a little bit more. <laughs> Their hearing is enhanced. So, Sunny by Bobby Hepp. Excellent choice. All right, yeah, moving I like that. on to staff picks, and we've got one more left before we get back to Brian. So, Bruce, what do we got? Let this one warm up a little bit. There we go. This is the Capitals. The name of the song is Cool Jerk. Cool Jerk. So they had actually disbanded in the 60s, but this song brought them back. They're from Detroit, so they're a Motown type of group. Uh, there was a dance craze in the mid-60s called The Jerk. Oh. And uh, it involved, you know, kind of holding your your uh, your arms kind of stiff and uh, making pelvic thrusts. Ooh. Because it the- is the pelvic thrust that really drives them in say yay yay. Ooh. You mean this wasn't Elaine at, at, on Seinfeld? No, not exactly. Not exactly. Well, that's controversial enough, but then there was a particularly sexual version of the jerk that was done in Detroit that they called the pimp jerk. Wow, okay. And that was what was originally going to be the name, and they thought, well, we'll never get this by the producers, so they called it Cool Jerk. Cool instead. Jerk, yeah. Safe for the whole family. That's right. And, Brian, you were saying you've heard this song. I have. It was back in the 80s by an all-female band. I believe you guys know them as the Go-Go's. Oh, really? A number of people have done this song. So the Go-Go's did it. The Outsiders, Todd Rundgren, um, several other groups have done it. And it made an appearance in Home Alone 2. Really? Yes, indeed. I'll have to watch that again. Just for this song. That's right. We're going to digress back to July of 66. Uh, some happenings and album releases. Bob Dylan was hurt in a motorcycle accident near Woodstock, New York. The supergroup Cream performs their first concert. And the albums that came out, The Animals, Animalization. The Beatles, Nowhere Man came out. It was an EP. The Yardbirds, Roger the Engineer. The Birds, Smith Dimension. That was another Wrecking Crew group. Back up, basically. John Mayo, the Blues Breakers with Eric Clampton. The Trogs, we talked about them already. Dusty Springfield, 
Roy Orbison had classic Roy Orbison. Connie Francis, I thought she was an actress, but I guess she was a singer also. Mm-hmm. The Four Tops, we talked about, we had them on one yep. before. And Frank Sinatra had his live. Can you do the cool jerk? We might have to learn Not that. Not I. We might have Not to learn I. that. Well, Bruce, now we got to move back to Brian. Since he started us off, he's got to end us. What yeah, you got this, for us? This is uh, from The Man in Black. This is kind of a comedy track. Johnny Cash. Everybody loves the left. Thank you, Johnny. The whole world loves the weirdo. Brains are This is his 23rd album. 23rd by 66? Wow. And the album consists largely of just humorous novelty songs. And Cash would reprise a number of the tracks on this album in later venues as TV performances. And live versions of Dirty Old Egg, Sucking Dog, and Joe Bean would be featured. (laughs) But on the uh, sixth episode of his... ABC TV series, The Johnny Cash Show, he performed a, a version of this title track with the music guest, The Monkees. So, hmm. Listen to that. It sounds like a honky-tonk yeah, piano. Yeah. So what's the name of the song? Everybody Loves a Nut. They, I think uh, Left Nut Brewing Company ought to adopt this as their theme song. There you go. <laughs> Do you think, I mean, he's got a little sense of humor with his song we featured before, A Boy Named Sue. Yeah. That one really made it yeah. big. But and Of course, uh, he built a built a, a car out of parts that he stole from uh, from GM. Yes, one piece at a time, and it didn't cost him a dime. Uh, That'll have to make an appearance at some point. <laughs> Jack Clement wrote this song, not uh, Johnny, but uh, some of the other songs on this album were, the one on the right is the on the left. <laughs> A cup of coffee, the bug that tried to crawl around the world, the singing star's queen, Austin Prison. So it's just a bunch of little two, three-minute clips. Here's, this was on the charts. In the Good for July. him. I, I never would have thought of Johnny Cash as being a humor guy yeah, for some yeah. reason. The man in black. I mean, you know, yeah. that's funny. But he well, was, we're going from one comedy song, and now we're going to another. And this one, uh, this is our I, laugh this track. Was, this was actually a top hit of July of 1966. Guys, remember this one? Yes, I do. I remember hearing this on Doctor Demento. Yes. Yeah. You left me anyhow, and then the days got worse and worse. And what were they doing? See, I've gone completely out of my mind. And they're coming to take me away, Also, we take this time to go through uh, what we haven't gone through before in movies that came out of July of 1966. The movie Batman came out. The original TV series had a movie, if you've seen that one. Oh, with Adam West? Yeah. Mm. yeah. All of the villains, I think, were there. I don't... Um, I forget the... The original Catwoman was in that movie as well. Yeah. Uh, the War of the Gargantuans, a Japanese movie. I don't know if you guys saw that, but that was Saturday morning TV for me. It's sort of like Godzilla with uh, animals, but it was fit with was, Ultraman. Yeah, fit with Ultraman. Lieutenant Robin Caruso was a Walt Disney film starring Dick Van Dyke, who uh, was a castaway on a tropical island. 
the Wild Angels, talking about the Hell's Angels. It was a movie with Peter Fonda, another one of those Harley Davidson ones, uh, basically talking about the counterculture of that time. Three on a Couch was a comedy film with Jerry Lewis. I think it's one of those ones that were popular in France. It wasn't really... <laughs> House to Steal away, a Million. Huh? That was Audrey Hepburn and Peter away. O'Toole. And then finally, the big one at that time that came out in July of 66, Alfred Hitchcock's Torn Curtain. Oh. And that had uh, Paul Newman and Julie Andrews. So. I want to say one thing about this song. I really appreciated the modulation and what they did. Yeah. Compression and everything. Because <laughs> they're coming to take us away, and we're going away. This has been What the Riff. July 1966, I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. See you next time. Thanks for listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed the songs we had on tap today. Please tell your friends about us. Check us out at whattheriff.com and follow us on Facebook. Special thanks to our sponsors, Wright Column Financial, Stanton Electric, and Marbury Creative Group. That's all for this week. See you next week on What the Riff. <laughs>